0: Welcome to another Directions Mag podcast. We're honored to bring this valuable resource back to you as we celebrate our 20th year in the geospatial community. Read more at directionsmag.com. Today, we're happy to welcome Tori Elmore, Alex Lopez-Rogina, Matt Garrick, Brian Townsend, and Carrie Lear, all here to discuss the challenges that we all face as geospatial professionals in keeping up to date and making changes in workflows.
1: Good morning, my name is Matt Garricky. I've been using GIS for almost 20 years Uh, professionally. I've worked in local and state government for about 10 years, and I recently returned to academia where I'm teaching GIS courses and helping apply the technology to uh, research projects.
2: My name is Tori Elmore. I am a young professional working in conservation GIS and also getting my master's degree in GIS and web map programming. And um, I am the current chair of the URISA Vanguard Cabinet of Young Professionals. I live in in Southern California.
3: I am Alex Lopez-Rohina, and I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. I work for a water utility. I'm the GIS, basically. And I am a
4: member of the Vanguard cabinet. This is Carrie Lear, Um, previously Carrie Shale. I was a member of the Vanguard cabinet. And um, I currently work in local government as a CAD and GIS tech um, for our stormwater and development in Valparaiso,
5: Indiana. I am in York County, South Carolina. I'm the GIS manager for, for the county government here. And um, yeah, we're we just um, do, doing a lot with ERISA recently and in, in, in GMI and um, on the board. Um, so yeah just like to be involved with professional organizations and looking forward to contribute to this.
2: The main theme I think of today was talking about how it is to work in a field where software is always changing and so one of the the main questions was how do you stay up to date personally and how do you keep your office up to date and is, or, or or is that even important how folks were keeping their their GIS skills up to date and And then more broadly whether they're they were keeping their offices up to date and whether that was a struggle or not
4: um i'm not necessarily a manager or anything we're pretty small there's only two of us that do gis in my office um there's the gis manager of the county and then i'm i guess department specific technology is obviously super important for keeping up to date um we both go to any trainings and conferences that um, our department allows. Um, I went to Ezra UC this year. We usually go to our state ones. tend to have a lot of local government trainings. We use a lot of the apps um, with our field. For us in general, knowing you know, how the apps work and what they can do for different people in our office has become really important. Um, I also do CAD work and I am self-trained on that. So I do a lot of you know, I watch YouTube videos and any free trainings I can get CAD-related I do um, as well. I'm pretty lucky because our department manager likes GIS and is willing to pay for us to, you know, go up to conferences and different things. So I know that can be an issue in some offices.
1: If you only show up in certain buildings or certain meetings when change is coming to how somebody does their job, they will associate you with change Uh, if you already have the professional relationship of knowing what they do and and knowing what their role is and you can have those work conversations when change isn't involved um, they may be more willing to uh to work with you or a little bit more receptive uh to uh to change when it comes
5: i'll add on to that the, yeah it's really important to keep current uh, your knowledge about changes in technology you're you're really looking for those patterns and trends that are taking place over time and if you just keep looking out on the horizon and look at uh, training and videos like you all have been discussing or websites or emails you, you just kind of get an idea of what's going on and what's happening year after year and you don't get so scared of the change that's happening you kind of understand that it's that it is happening and you can use your knowledge of all that you are seeing to help you make better decisions about choosing the right technology for the project one of the tools that i like to use just to keep my knowledge updated is an an app called feedly it's got a web client and a, a an app for your smartphone and you just basically tell, tell it what sites you want to track. And if somebody publishes like a blog post, you get that and you get to just kind of scan through what looks interesting, what what technology you're interested in learning more about. And as things change, they just kind of uh, appear. And if you look at that weekly or so, take a little bit of time and just kind of flip through, you just kind of see the pulse of what's going on. Don't have to read everything. You just kind of scan through like like I heard Matt talking about earlier.
1: I, I think one of the, the other opportunities of conferences and training that Carrie that talked about earlier is is not so much learning nuts and bolts of software and what's out there, but being able to meet and connect with people that very likely are facing the same challenges that you are. And that always provides an opportunity to just kind of sit down and talk about well, hey, th- this new thing's coming out. Have you looked at that at all? Are, are are you thinking about doing that? What's your timeline for that? And kind of getting some perspective from from others like you in terms of if it's if it's ready or if it's time uh, to make the jump to uh, some of those new options, um, or or at least uh, get some other perspective and uh, use your colleagues as a sounding board.
5: Yeah, that's that's really fantastic advice. Just being able to have that sounding board and talk through a situation, um, specific software, your specific needs and have somebody listen to you. Sometimes just the problem solves to yourself as you're explaining that to someone and they help offer feedback. So networking at conferences is probably the, the biggest takeaway that I have attending.
2: You know, Carrie mentioned going to conferences um, to, to gain new skills or to sort of keep up to date with, with new, things that are new in the field, but I wondered if there were other resources that people turn to. Um, For instance, you know, um, I've been puzzling through um, learning to use ArcGIS Pro using some of the ESRI trainings online. Um, If there are other resources that people consistently turn to, I know that we've got um, so maybe someone wants to talk about the, the things that ERISA offers specifically, but, but even outside of that, what other resources do people use um, to learn, for instance, how to use a new app or um, how to use a new software program? Um, and if, you know, it's free, let us know that if there's a cost associated with it, if it's online, if it's in person what what are some of the things that are out there for for young professionals and I guess professionals in general wanting to learn new skills maybe without returning for some kind of
4: formal, formal degree? I know that when I got my job and I found out that it was going to be a significant amount of CAD work and I had, um, I would say, beginner-level CAD knowledge, um, I used lynda.com. Lynda, you can get the first month free, which is nice. And they do have some GIS training and things. uh, Yeah, I think it's a great
2: a great resource for coding. I know it's something I I mentioned that scripting was something I was interested in. So that I know is also a great resource for people who want to learn, you know, basic Python or HTML. Um, Great,
4: right. Like I said, I haven't done them, but it stands for Massive Open Online Courses. Um, And I think, I'm pretty sure that they're free. Um, And then I know that there's, there's like another one that's like edX. I think some of theirs are free. So um, it really just depends on what you're looking for specifically. But like I said, I I use YouTube a lot. because they're typically free and short so when i'm just trying to get you know the something quick um i usually just google it and then look for a short video
1: one of the strategies that that i use is is that um i i already get a lot of email so i don't mind getting more email but i i I never know what's going to pop up and so i i try to reach out and find different email blast lists. If it's ESRI or uh, government technology or uh, more uh, GIS uh, software agnostic type things uh, and, and just see what see what comes out, and see what offerings there are, see what people are talking about. Sometimes they're new releases, new functionality. Uh, sometimes they're advertising informational webinars where you can... You know, it, it's not the same as kind of getting in there and doing it, but sometimes it's something where you can learn uh, what their product does or what's available or what's possible with it. Uh, and those in particular, I'm I'm probably guilty of multitasking and listening to it while working on something else. And then if I hear them talking about something really neat, you know, flipping over and, and watching that to see what they're talking about or, or, or what they're showing. So it, it's it's most of those are, are free and, and low overhead except for time. And so I it's, it's one of those things where if I keep myself on a good email schedule and try to keep up with it, um, I'm gonna keep up with a lot of different changes in the software and the technology. And I'll be aware of a lot of other opportunities uh, that are out there. The downside is that you probably spend more time going through your email than you otherwise would.
5: I'll add that sometimes the best training opportunities are your coworkers in your current environment. It's really good to know how people work and why they choose to do certain things, either with technology or they go out in the field to make certain observations. So, definitely go on a ride with your field crews. Get out and go to different buildings where your coworkers might work. Um, sometimes it, it takes just waiting out. People retiring or waiting out certain processes to come of age, and then you can find the right opportunity to apply new technology or your understanding of your organization, and then the technology that's available at the time, and maybe has matured um, by the time it's it's right to implement that.
2: And Carrie, do you find, or I guess this is really for anyone that. The, the kind of opportunities that are provided at conferences um, are, are enough to, to, to keep your skills relevant. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that, that I'm getting my master's degree now and it was a decision I made because I felt like um, without, for instance, coding skills that I was falling behind in what I could do Um, in my field with GIS. And so I just, I guess I wonder um, maybe how people feel about when, when conferences and, and, you know, that kind of training is enough and when you take a bigger step to go back and, and, you know, increase or, or improve the kinds of
4: skills that you have in the workplace. I didn't get um, my master's at all, but I did go back and get a GIS certificate. I had only taken a couple classes in my undergrad, so I went back and I think it was like six classes that were, you know, remote sensing and GIS. I
3: actually have one class in my undergrad um, coming from a different background, a GIS class. And so when I started, I became the resident expert. Um at my job, and I did a lot of self-teaching in the beginning, um, which, I mean, yeah, you can find anything on YouTube and uh, forums and Esri's website, but it takes a lot of time, um, time that I could be working, and so I actually got my GIS certificate online. um, It was after work hours. And I learned so much more through those with an actual teacher in a short amount of time. So I was able to better apply it to my work and have more time to work instead of sitting there like, oh no, I've hit a problem, now I have to research for half the day. Um, So I definitely think going to school, if you want to learn more, if you feel like um, your knowledge is insufficient, it's very helpful.
1: I think there is a, a really good point there because if you know that there may be different approaches or different tools or different ways of doing things, uh, one of the ways to keep your school, your, your skills up to date is okay, here's, here's a problem, here's a, a situation. I've, I've heard there's this new way of doing it, but I, I, I haven't done it that way yet. And if you have time, you know, kind of using that as an opportunity to to push your skills and and develop them as part of your normal workflow. Uh, the challenge for that, as uh, as Alex pointed out, is it really depends on how busy you are, and the other uh, things are an expectation of your job. And sometimes it's hard to do that if you're behind or there's a deadline and, and something's really pressing. Uh, it, and it's You just have to get it done, and sometimes that's an older way or a way that is more manual than programmatic. Uh, but because you're not learning it and you're not having to uh, Google all the different things you need to Google to figure out how to do it, uh, you, you can get it done quicker. So it's not always the solution, but sometimes that's a strategy for helping expand or develop your toolset if it uh, works with your work schedule.
3: And with um, your company backing you to get that education, I actually, my company paid for me to get the certificate and I signed a two-year contract that said I wouldn't leave until it was finished just so that they felt that they got a return on their investment.
2: But I, I wonder if folks had experienced, you know, resistance to the kind of change that sometimes comes along with, you know, using the most recent version of a software. One thing that occurs to me is like the change possibly from like ArcMap to GIS Pro, or even, you know, updating to the most recent version of a software or incorporating more than one software program into everyday workflows.
1: One of the strategies I've used when kind of dealing with those questions about adding software, upgrading software, changing software is if you have to have that conversation with the boss or the company, uh, try to do the homework before you have that conversation. And so if it's upgrading a version of the software, uh, is that included with what you're currently paying in the, the annual license fee? Uh, would there be a cost to going to the new version? Um, would your current hardware or server infrastructure support that? Would there need to be costs or upgrades there? Um, it's always nice if you know that there are certain projects or certain things on the wish list of uh, what you want to get done or what your customers want to get done, and knowing that. If we do move to the software, if we do add this software package, or if we go to this new version, there's functionality that would make uh, tackling that project maybe not feasible, but easier, uh, uh, more user-friendly for, for the end goal. And so tr- trying to pitch what are the real costs and what's the real benefits of making that jump.
3: I found that another way to get your company to maybe be more receptive, is showing your successes. I presented to our board meeting, to our board, one of the simplest things I could have done. We had a hydrant nozzle recall, and what I did in 10 minutes ended up saving us months of man hours out in the field, and, you know, that just blew their mind. And so the more I show them, look, these great things I've been able to do, they're more willing to invest in more in the future into the GIS.
2: Great. Thank you, Alex. Incorporating GIS into um, processes that maybe have been around in your workplace for a long time but haven't necessarily always included GIS. And so this person asked about how to help coworkers understand GIS. So if you're working in an organization where GIS may be new and not everybody understands what the value of it is. I'm trying to incorporate GIS into processes that have been around for 10 plus years. How do I help my coworkers understand GIS so that they can see the usefulness and the changes we can make by adding GIS to our existing workflows?
4: Um, and
2: I wonder if anyone had some advice for, for a young professional dealing with that.
4: Like in our county, we, you know, introducing collector was kind of new. A lot of field work was done, you know, just on paper and pencil. So, definite, when I was hired, I had previous experience with collector and kind of used that um, as part of me getting hired, you know, kind of explained that um, how much, how many man hours it saves. And um, I guess I think the best way to do it is just to find find a problem and create the solution through GS technology. So, you know, they had all these people out in the field that then had to come back from the field and enter all this stuff into Excel spreadsheets or whatever. And I kind of showed them how easy it was and different uses of the technology that they have for reporting, getting out there. And, I like, you could add a point in the office and the field, people can then see the point and anything attached to it. it definitely took a lot of me. I, you know, I held different training sessions and I did screenshots and created a PDF kind of helping people walk through using the technology, provide a solution, and prove, you know, like we, using interns, we had over 7,000 points collected in a summer that would have taken us forever to do with pen and paper.
1: I I think Carrie raises a good point in that there are normally several levels of people that are involved in projects like this. And so when I was working in local government, usually the engineers and the managers and the supervisors were able to see the potential of GIS and say, yes, hey, we we wanna do this, can you help us with this? But then it's working with their staff, the folks out that are more field workers and, and doing kind of already have their routine and their way of doing things that sometimes you can't pitch the idea to them the same way that you can the managers or you can't have the same conversation with them. And it's more of kind of shifting roles and being willing to work with them, work alongside them, listen to them, and help them understand not just how the technology works and and the benefit of for everybody else of, of if you're adding this new piece to their job uh, but but trying to to help them see the ways in which their job make it easier uh, uh for them if they they play their role in helping out with the project.
3: Yeah, I would definitely recommend when you get involved with them, when you bring them into the process, ask them for their feedback. Um, if they complain about it, say, what specifically do you not like? And and work with them to, that way they feel like we're not just forcing it on them, um, but they're a part of this process and making this happen
1: it's It's kind of interesting that uh, these types of projects where there's so many iterations and so many changes based on people getting familiar with it and buying in and and, and making requests that that it really is a crass course in uh, like agile project management type thinking and and in some ways it this kind of ties us back to the other question of of keeping our skills up to date or knowing what the cutting edge is uh, because sometimes we wind up doing things as part of our job and we just figure it out because it's part of their job and are running through multiple iterations of projects and uh, app developments or maps or workflows. Um, but sometimes it helps us out on the skill development if we're aware that, oh yeah, there's this whole other thing, you know, project management school philosophy out here. and and me working on this project, that's really what I'm doing. And, and it, it really highlights ways in which you know, we're not just GIS professionals, but in some ways we're also uh, uh, developers or project managers or wearing multiple hats. And that uh, we can help position ourselves and our skill sets if we look for those connections between what we do as a GIS professional. And what we do as a project manager, or what we do as a uh, app configurer, or a software developer.
2: How important is all of this, really? You know, is it? Are are we? You know, by saying we want to stay on the on the cutting edge of of where the software is, um, are we are we making a big fuss over something that's just not that important, or is, you know, if I wanna if I want to really remain employable and continue to move my my career forward and and trying to plan for the future as a young professional, um, how essential is all of this?
4: I I think it just depends on your career. Path. I know you might not know your career path, so that's kind of weird. But like, you know, if you're happy at a job that you're at, hone in on the skills to move up in that job, but Through the Vanguard Cabinet Mentorship Program, I had a mentee, and you know, she had a geography slash GIS related job, but started to really like coding, and would like, you know, was like, I think I'd rather do coding in the future than her current job, um, which was more like data entry and things like that. So, you know, I encouraged her to obviously learn more about coding. Figure out what you like in the GIS geography world, go to apply for a job, you've at least taken some training.
1: I I think sometimes the the hard thing about going to conferences and seeing things on the cutting edge are that just because they're out there and they're being pushed and they're being marketed doesn't mean it's necessarily the right time to jump into that or being on the bleeding edge. for example, I think as we started pushing ArcGIS Pro out at the UC about five years ago, and only in about the last year uh, up to now am I starting to see folks really, you know, more folks kind of picking up and and, and start moving to it, developing those skills. Uh, the The vector tiles are Really growing in popularity and use now, and there are more tools that support customizing them, but that was something that was really talked about about three years ago and While it seemed like a nice idea back then there there just wasn't the the critical mass of of figuring things out and figuring out how that would really apply to your work or projects or or how you could really leverage that in work situations. So I, I, I think it's always useful to, to know what's going on out there, but sometimes knowing what the cutting edge or what the bleeding edge is, and trying to jump on the horse when it's at the cutting edge or, or the bleeding edge are, are two different things. Um, and sometimes we see a little bit of that with uh, with coding as well, um, using a, a the ArcPy that's running on uh, on a desktop or a server you know, has a, a lot of utility and a lot of established workflows. The push towards the Python API has been uh, something that's really been out there for, for about two years. Really accomplishes the same thing, but I'm still personally trying to figure out where the, where the advantage to, to using that for, for all the different ways in which I use uh, Python batch scripts or scheduled scripts on a a desktop or server environment are. So I I think it's a really hard question in in an industry where everything is changing so much and so much of it's technology based is, uh, is, when is something that seems like a good idea that people are really pushing established enough or supported enough or developed enough uh, to make it worth uh, taking that leap and learning how to use or apply that tool set. I, I, I think the other opportunity that's provided by having those sorts of discussions at conferences and looking for the big ideas is that if you find yourself in a situation of how to convince your boss that the office should upgrade, you know, if if you do your homework, but then you can cite other folks and other related agencies. If it's other uh, stormwater utilities in other states, if, if it's other uh, local governments uh, near or far, and kind of use use those as extra perspective or extra points to uh, to uh, help your argument that maybe it might be worth uh, moving over. Hey, if you're not sure, you know they have already done it, and 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 make those. Uh, professional connections to where um, if you meet resistance, you know, let them know that there are other folks that might be willing to talk to them about why they made that jump at at their organization or entity.
0: Great.
2: Well, thank you everyone for for sharing all of that.
0: A special thank you to our panel today for joining us. We encourage you to stop by ERISA.org and directionsmag.com for more great resources and great communities of geospatial professionals.